For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good evening, Bodhisattvas. Hogetsu here in Chicago. Happiness to all of you, wherever you are. Um, So yesterday, we performed a ceremony relinquishing our temple at Irving Park Road in Chicago. Asian, as many of you know, uh, Wade and I were physically present at the temple and we performed a ceremony on behalf of the Sangha, maybe on behalf of the great universe, um, to close our temple. And it occurred to me that this ceremony was a ceremony of uh, entry into homelessness for us. You know, when a priest is ordained in our Soto Zen tradition, uh, the ordination ceremony is sometimes known as leaving home and entering the way. So we were... consecrate it ceremonially into home living. (laughs) And we're all sitting at our homes right now. So uh, I don't know what that exactly means, but we've all been ordained as home leavers. (laughs) So if you thought, oh, I'll never be ordained, (laughs) too late. Um, And there's a freshness and a tenderness uh, a vulnerability to this leaving home, leaving maybe leaving our habits, um, leaving what feels comfortable or familiar. So this has been a year of of loss and of of home leaving. Uh, I'd like us to share our experience a little bit of this uh, at the end of of this. Uh, blubbering, but uh, I'd like to reflect a little bit uh, on how we came to have a temple here in Chicago in the first place, this miracle (laughs) that occurred. Fortunately, miracles are occurring all the time. So uh, personally, I've been living in Chicago for since I was 17 years old, so longer than some of you have been on the planet. And my Zen practice has always, or initially, let's say, was been centered at San Francisco Zen Center. So a bunch of circumstances drew me to Suzuki Roshi and drew me to this Soto Zen 
practice, but there was no Soto Zen practice in Chicago when I lived here as a younger person before actually ancient dragon. And uh, several times a year, I would use all my vacation time to travel to San Francisco Zen center and hang out there. And on occasion, some people would leave that glorious heavenly realm of the San Francisco Bay and venture to Chicago to give Dharma talks, to maybe give a lecture, a class, a workshop. And I would always make it my point if I could get there somehow within driving distance or if it was actually in Chicago, but if it was in the Midwest area and see these teachers, you know, teachers like Ed Brown, like Rob Anderson, like Yvonne Rand. There are many people who showed up here. Norman Fisher, Darlene Cohen showed up in the vicinity, but they would always go back to that beautiful land known as San Francisco and the Bay Area. Uh, Somehow I could not, it was not in my karma to move there, even though I spent a lot of time there. But one of those teachers who showed up just happened to be Tygen Dan Layton. So I'd heard that this wonderful teacher and uh, great, great scholar, but great practitioner of Dogen was coming to Chicago to give a workshop on Dogen, I think. I don't know. Couldn't have been on Ehe Kuroku, but it was on something. (laughs) Tygink will tell us more about that later, I'm sure. But anyway, uh, so I showed up, crashed that party. um, And it was arranged by some other Zen people who were kind of maybe refugees from other Zen centers. Like there was kind of a thing thing like that happening. And uh, I personally had a sitting group of my own with some of my yoga friends. And uh, after this talk, some of us were speaking. And uh, I think Asia may have been there. I'm not sure who else is there, who's here tonight. But uh, somehow, the featured teacher was Tygen, and all of us were so uh, thrilled at this deep teaching, this unfolding of the great teacher Dogen. You know, it was almost like falling in love. And I just casually said to someone, well, you know, it'd be great if we all could merge our sitting groups, our little home sitting groups. And my friend said, oh, well, Tygen just asked me to form a sitting group. And I was delighted. So this was uh, how this began. It began with a wonderful teacher who returned to the Bay Area, but who took an interest in this tiny Dharma seed in Chicago, who compassionately uh, agreed to guide us. So first we sat in a living room. We had no idea what was going to happen. You know, we just wanted to sit together and we wanted this teacher to help us 
uh, which he did. So we sat in a living room with a, a dog who's now deceased, a golden retriever, and some other people uh, once a week. We then would kind of pool some money together and rent a place and get Tygen to come every once in a while to give some teachings and do a one-day retreat. Just, you know, kind of grew from, I don't know, several times a year to practically every month at some point. So this is somewhere, you know, we're doing this living room and then we sort of like outgrew the living room. So the seed was getting sprouting tiny bit the seed sprouts and it kind of grew out of this home so it moved it walked down the street (laughs) to uh, a catholic retreat center and we rented uh, a practice space there every week and we would have sittings there i think once a week i think it became twice a week and then uh we'd have Weekends where Tygen would come one day, he would lecture typically on Dogen. Uh, and this Tygen's, you know, he's this incredible Dharma jukebox. So we could just like press a button and he would play these wonderful Dharma songs for us. He would come here and live with us. Come to this situation and advise us on how to care for the Sangha in his absence. Meanwhile, running his own three groups, running around the Bay Area across the various bridges, tending his groups in California. Occasionally, I think, working on his dissertation. But always caring for us. Um, Again, we had no idea what what we were doing or where it would go, but we just liked the situation. And we trusted each other to keep a place that could express this devotion to whatever Zen is, this unknowable thing that we practice together. And then at some point, uh, we named ourselves Ancient Dragon Zen Gate. You know, our original name was Chicago Zen Meditation Group. So I guess we always wanted to have like a name with four words in it. So now we're Ancient Dragon Zen Gate. Another easy to say, where do you practice Ancient Dragon Zen Gate? Okay. So we we cooked that name up. Uh, Somehow we turned into like, you know, a 501c3 corporation. I think with a lot of help from Asian on that one maybe others. Um, Then uh, we surveyed the Sangha. I actually found the survey from 2008, asking people if they could support and where they would like to locate a temple. And by, I think, January of 2009, we were moved into our park on Irving Irving Park. And maybe sometime a year or so before that, Tygen moved to Chicago. (laughs) One of the few, few students (laughs) uh, who were willing 
to leave the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area. It's amazing to me that he actually did this. I think it really took a lot of courage and a lot of um, love to come to us here. Um, To give up that home. You know, the Bay Area is a kind of energy field for the Dharma in many ways. And, uh, you know, so Tygen left home to come here, left his, the beautiful Sangha of San Francisco Zen Center with so many uh, wonderful statues, wonderful buildings, some of which uh, were constructed and conceived by our venerable Sado Paul Disco. Left weather that was beautiful. Mediterranean is like living in Provence when you live in the San Francisco Bay. Almost better. The bread is excellent, you know. Close access to Acme Bakery and Chez Panisse and all the wonderful joys. But Tygen left that to come to us. And provide this nurturance for this little Dharma seed that's been sprouting. So it is a... um, wonderful and monumental uh, act to leave this temple, to close it. So many, so many threads have been woven into this little piece of ancient brocade that we've all created together here at Ancient Dragon. Um, So I'm just giving you a few strands of that tapestry to orient you. So we now at this time of dark and light, we're venturing into this vastness of the virtual world together. It's crazy that we're doing this. I say light because this is the week that we celebrate. We close our temple on the week that we celebrate uh, the enlightenment of Shakyamuni Buddha, the eighth day of the 12th month, loosely speaking, uh, is the time where he was enlightened under the Bodhi tree. (laughs) So seeds of that across time and space, seeds of that tree landed, just maybe one in Chicago, and waited for this auspicious confluence to begin to sprout and root in Chicago. So there's light. I say darkness because this is the darkest time of the year in so many ways. In many ways, maybe one of the darkest times in our society in my lifetime. Uh, And it is the winter solstice, a time of turning, you know, the 21st is the solstice. So our days are getting shorter, but they will turn, turn. 
And you know, this, the roots, the trees look very barren right now, but the roots are flourishing in the soil, awaiting the light. So this is where we are. We're at a time of transition. We're at a pivot. We're at a mysterious pivot in our practice. And this is a time of our home leaving. And I feel that uh, ancient dragon now is this fallen tree branch, maybe partially a fallen tree. Maybe it's a log bridge spanning this chasm, crossing the unknown. You know, sometimes trees, when they fall, they're nurtured by other trees. Their life continues. This log bridge is a potent uh, image from Hakuin of monks, blind monks walking across this log bridge that is above a chasm and where it leads is not clear. I thought of this image of bridge and I remembered I had written on a card in my refrigerator. <laughs> um, this probably predates Hakuin, but I was not aware of this, but apparently in Judaism, there's also an image of a bridge. And I had written this quote and it said something like, um, life is a narrow bridge the important thing is do not be afraid. And apparently this is a famous uh, Judaic teaching. And I heard these words on the radio from a rabbi after the massacre at Tree of Life Temple, which by the way, happened to be the temple that I think Tygen, or at least the neighborhood that Tygen's family lived in during his childhood. So we're on this narrow bridge and I encourage us not to be afraid. Um, and I encourage us to uh, cautiously move in the darkness. You know, this courage and tenderness and vulnerability is kind of our new undertaking as a Sangha. We've had it kind of nice in this place at Irving Park. So as we're negotiating our way in the darkness, I was reminded of some words of Suzuki Roshi that I read in a cookbook. <laughs> so you probably thought I was going to like lay some Zen mind beginner's mind on you, but I'm not. I'm actually, there's this cookbook called Tomato Blessings and Radish Teachings from Edward Brown, a close disciple of Suzuki. And I was like, wait a minute, somewhere I read this and I'm like, could it have been in that cookbook? And who reads a cookbook? But I encourage you, this is actually a great teaching of Edward Brown's. You know, people know his other cookbooks, but this is great. So I'm going to read this to you if that's okay. Uh, he said, my teacher, Suzuki Roshi, once said uh, during a week of intensive meditation, so maybe like during a Rahatsu Sashin, 
you know, Rahatsu Sashin is the Sashin we normally would have had at our temple at this time to celebrate Buddha's enlightenment. But that's just my guess. Uh, Suzuki Roshi said, Zen is to feel your way along in the dark, not knowing what you will meet, not already knowing what to do. Most of us don't like going so slowly. We would like to think it is possible to figure everything out ahead of time. But if you go too fast or not careful enough, you'll bump into things. So just feel your way along in the dark. Slowly and carefully. And then Ed says Suzuki Roshi would gesture with his hand out in front of him, feeling his way in empty air. When you do things with this spirit, maybe just feeling, not grabbing, but maybe just feeling. When you do things with this spirit, You don't know what the results will be, but because you carefully feel your way along, the results will be okay. You can trust what will happen. (laughs) So I find uh, happiness and comfort in Suzuki's words. I think this is our Zen practice. Probably... If that was all someone told us about Zen practice, that would be enough. So I hope very much uh, that we can trust each other and trust what will happen and that we develop and support each other in this mind of feeling our way in the dark. You know, there's all kinds of minds in Zen But this feeling is not a feeling of grasping, and it's a feeling of intimacy and tenderness and also an acknowledgement that one wrong moves sends you off the log bridge or it might send somebody else off the log bridge. So um, I look forward very much to us uh, finding our way together in our bridge over troubled water. And normally I would sing a little bit to you, but I don't like to sing by myself because I am not a trained singer. So I'm just going to read you these lyrics from a famous song called a bridge over troubled water. (laughs) So it says when you're weary, feeling small, When tears are in your eyes, I will dry them all. I'm on your side when things get rough. And friends just can't be found. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. This is what our temple has done for us. When you're down and out, when you're on the street, when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I'll take your part when the darkness comes 
and pain is all around. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Ceylon bodhisattvas, I added that. <laughs> Ceylon by, your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on their way. See how they shine. Oh, if you need a friend, I'm sailing right behind. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind. So may this be so for us as we set sail uh, on our journey. And I feel uh, grateful to everyone, each one of you, and many that will go unnamed or even unremembered, are still in the body of our practice that we carry forward together. So um, this is a tender time, and I'd like to invite everyone who would like to just share um, share your dharma. <laughs> so thank you all very much. Thank you, Hagatso, for that talk. Um, I'm trying not to uh, tremble here. <laughs> it's very moving. I was just thinking, I heard about the, the group, the sitting group, after it was already at the Cynical Retreat Center. And, um, and I knew that you were in it and that Roger Thompson was in it. And um, I appreciate, I think I heard from you, each of you separately, that this group was going on. And I was interested because I had shown up at some talk for some teacher, a Buddhist teacher, um, I don't know, a couple months beforehand in Evanston. Um, but the cynical group was a lot of fun. It was like a self-made little group. And um um, Amina, I see you here tonight. It's really good to see you. Um, you know, there were maybe five of us and then six and then seven and then eight. And then maybe we got to 10 or 11. And uh, we, so that meant that everybody had to take a role. Somebody had to set up, get there early and set up. Somebody had to uh, collect change. Uh, somebody had to do the ring the bells and uh you know i don't remember what else but um but that was a a special experience of keeping the energy going that group keeping the energy going and then it was delightful when tigan would come in once a month and we'd get more formal teaching um but you know then skipping to thinking about you know when we that process you talked about, I remember it, it was not always easy figuring out how to get to agreement on the, you know, moving in at um, Irving Park, but we did. And um, we, we got a 501c3 status and uh, I think David is the one who found the temple site and 
um, checked it out and saw what needed to be done before we could move in. And anyway, it was a long process. And um, it's developed over time, and it's been wonderful to see all the people who have come. Some have gone, but it's been a rich experience with many different people. Um, And I think of the small things, like I was thinking, one thing that will always stick in my mind is, I always preferred to do cleaning after um, service in the front hall, in the front lobby. Uh, And in the winter, um, it gave me satisfaction to get the salt off the floor. You know, it's like I wanted to do it by hand because I hated the salt collecting on the, on that wooden floor, that beautiful wooden floor. Um, Anyway, I just uh, appreciate this group and appreciate all the people I've known. And you're right, probably some I don't remember, but people who have influenced my life greatly. So, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Ah, Mino, so wonderful to see you. So wonderful to see you. Thank you, Hogetsu. It's so nice to see you, Kathy, and everyone. And yeah, my my days of Ancient Dragons and Gate are almost all at, we're almost all at the cynical because I I was sort of part of the conversation of um, and sort of the beginning of, of thinking about the temple space at Irving Park. But then I I moved to LA on in August of two thousand and eight. So um, it's and now I've been sitting with you guys virtually for the last couple of months on Monday nights. And it's strange to think of, of, of that, you know, sort of leaving right before the temple space and then kind of joining you as it's, as it's going away. And um, I visited a couple of times and it's a beautiful space. And I, I, the apartment I lived in before I, left Chicago was very close to the temple space. And so I remember thinking like, I'm moving, but like I could have just walked like to the temple space and, and um, ancient dragon, um, the, the space still means something to me and, and you guys mean a lot to me. And it's, it's nice thinking about just this whole, this whole period of time. And um, uh, I'm feeling a lot right now and it's, it's just very beautiful to be with you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Amina. Amina, um, yeah, your presence at Ancient Dragon was, again, part of this weaving of our ancient brocade. Uh, And you defected to L.A. I remember feeling very sad about that, but also um, you're a beautiful writer. And so when I read your writings, I always feel you very close to my heart. but your energy is also part of this mysterious manifestation that is ancient dragons. So thank you so much. I'll say a little bit. Um, 
so many people came and had zazen instruction or sat with us for a little while, a long while, and hearing people uh, and left because they left or because they relocated or left because whatever. But so many people sat in that space. It's amazing. Um, and they're all part of Ancient Dragon's Zen Gate. And it's wonderful to see Amina here and Rick from Michigan, who mm-hmm. sat, came and sat Sashin. So it's great to see you, Rick. And all of you are here. And, and uh, Paul, thank you for joining us now from the Bay Area. And, and, uh, and all of you who have come more recently. Um, uh, and I'm, I also think of all the people who... Um, so, so this... Uh, I don't know what to call it, this liminal, this bridge space of Zoom... Uh, so at some point we will find a new home. I know that will happen, but um, it may be a while. And so we're on this Zoom bridge <laughs> um, together. And um, and I, I, I always, I, I think always of the people who are regular participants at uh, Irving Park Road who, uh, for whatever reason, don't, like to come to Zoom. Some of them just, you know, are on Zoom for eight hours a day at work or something. Uh, They just don't like it. But then there's so many people who come to, you know, we have people from Argentina and Israel who come regularly to to our Zoom and and people from, I counted 12 different states who come regularly. Um, And all of you. (laughs) Anyway, it's just... So I loved what you said. I'll get to all of it. And how, um, as a song, we were home leavers. And we're in this strange state. And we're in this strange state with everyone. It's not just ancient dragons and gate people. It's the whole world is in this strange state of being, we don't know what, (laughs) in the pandemic bridge the various pandemics and how do we, how do we uh, keep centered and keep, keep settled and keep aware and keep present and do this for everyone. So anyway, uh, I'm just grateful to all of you. And I'm so happy. I, uh, uh, with all due respects to the wonderful Bay area, I'm really happy to be in Chicago. So thank you all. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure others of you have things to say, so please, Whatever you have to say, please feel free. Thank you, Tigan. Thank you again for your courage and generosity to leap over to our side and plant and nourish the seed, which you continue to do. And may it be so forever. And so many people, I mean, you know, I, I am whatever uh, it means to be leading, guiding Dharma teacher, but so many people have helped to co-create this ancient dragon Zen bridge. Maybe we should call it a bridge now. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, each of you and so many people are, are making this happen. So thank you all. So other other comments or reflections or just responses, please feel free. And thank you so much for your lovely talk. Paul. Oh. Hearing the uh, Bay Area praise so much made me a little nervous because <laughs> my feeling now is that the beginner's mind has moved to Chicago. So I think Chicago's where it's at. <laughs> I was thinking maybe you might cha- change your location at some point. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> It's hard to get people away from the Bay Area. No, I'm, I'm actually thinking about it, but I don't know where, where that would be. And, <laughs> and um, I also have a tiger by the tail here, so I can't really let go without being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's actually amazing how many people who are heirs of Reb Anderson still live in the Bay Area or Sonoma or Napa. Um, and it's kind of amazing that we we had some food for a tiger called Tigan. Alex. Thank you, Hogetsu, for a really uh, beautiful talk about this temple, um, which is really the place where I began my practice. So I, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to begin to put that into words. But the thing that I wanted to say is, uh, on top of all that, we were talking about all the people who have sat in ancient Dragon Zen Gate. And I just wanted to add, we've also had a lot of people who have sat with the Hyde Park Zen Group which is branched off from us. So it's, it's even more than you would think it is. Yeah. Just to add to that. Yeah. When I first came to Chicago, I was aware of Hyde Park and of the university of Chicago and as a, as an event <laughs> and I wanted ancient dragons that gate to include it. And thanks to Nyozon and to, and now to Alex and Brian and, uh, all the people who uh, keep that going, that that's part of ancient dragons. Thank you very much. And I'm very aware of that. So thank you, Alex. Thank you, Brian. Brian? Um, I wanted to mention too, that, you know, in addition to, you know, Hyde Park, also uh, Paula, one of our priests is a Kung Fu master and has has sprouted, you know, one of our shoots sprouted up. Uh, hopefully we'll be like bamboo, you know, proliferating and really difficult to get rid of. But one of our sprouts is in Paula's studio. And, um, you know, we will be able to use that place of a, a dojo to become a zendo. And it's a large space where there's great ventilation and we can, Practice. I think there'll be a one-day sitting in January that will be limited to a small group of people. But I did not want to minimize also our practice, our physical practice together. 
that this is a wonderful way to practice. And who knows, maybe, you know, our bodies will disappear into a silicon chip someday. And, and this is how we'll practice. But um, in our Zen tradition, taking care of our temple, touching the floor like Kathy and clearing the salt week after week, day after day, uh, putting uh, toilet paper holders into the recycling, cooking food and sharing it together, uh, offering whatever we'll offer to Buddha in a temple, sitting together. This, this physical presence uh, is how we, we feel our way together in the dark. Um, and in the light, in the great Dharma light. So we have this uh, situation now, but the situation of physically, at least as far as I know in this lifetime for me and what appears to be this lifetime, this, this, is, our, this is a part of our Zen practice, uh, feeling our feet on the ground, our seats on our butts on the cushion, you know, <laughs> our, our, the air we breathe together even though now we're afraid that it's toxic, we, we will learn to live with COVID. COVID is just another being that we need to learn to live with. But the physical presence, I don't want to at all under, undervalue that. And we will have opportunities in the future, just like outside we sat, outside when Asian and Dylan and others, Laurel put on the retreat, we will be together one day. But we have these opportunities. So even if we don't have a dedicated space right now, we will find a way. And someday Hyde Park will meet together, I'm sure, in that beautiful Rockefeller Chapel uh, in the glow of the church. So we'll, we'll figure this out. But the physical practice, you know, it's warm hand to warm hand. Uh, is, you know, we can, we can handle it for as long as we need to and to support each other. But uh, it is our physical, this energy together. You know, personally, I find it takes a lot more energy to support the sangha that's so dispersed. That's probably a limitation in my practice. But there is an energy that we all start to give to each other to support our practice and it's very physical. So, um, so I'm, I'm grateful for high park and for Paula's uh, practice place. Yeah, there you are. I'm sorry, my connection might be bad, but thanks, thanks for your talk. Uh, um, sometimes I find uh, displacement and separation as a as a very authentic experience, if not the most authentic, and I experienced it throughout my life at different times. And I've also sensed, you know, when when I built when I built a house or designed a house what I sense almost primarily is the absence of what might have been or the decisions not taken in the physical object 
or this space as it forms itself. And um, it, which is a kind of a displacement of possibility. And so it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's near, it's like a death experience, but a physical space often has its primary character as an absence of possibility and all other spaces. And so not to be in a space at a given time or a stretch of time is very exciting in, in many ways for me. And so I just wanted to throw that out there as well, in a way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Ed. I mean, there's a lot in what you said. I, I will want to just say one thing about that. Um, that possibility exists whether we have a space or not. Maybe just this other way of turning it helps us see it, see that. Um, maybe I'll say one other thing also. Um, it can be easy to be intoxicated by possibility or reverse intoxicated by lack of possibility. And um, hopefully this is part of finding our way in the dark with some care and patience and a willingness to both open to the possibility and then the lack of possibility. So this is a great, great uh, facet you've illuminated, Ed. Thank you very much. Rick, welcome. Thank you. I'd just like to say thank you. I haven't been able to be with you all for a while and have had a lot of memories the last few days about about time at the temple and a lot of memories of temple cleaning, <laughs> all the different spaces for temple cleaning and trying to learn to be a server. But I really want to just express my gratitude for the the hours of sitting together that you welcomed me into there and especially thank you Taigen and Hogetsu for your support for me and kindness to me. And I'm just, I'm just really grateful. And I wanted to be here tonight to say that. So thank you. Thank you so much, Rick. Bravely traveling from Michigan, hanging out with us. (laughs) I think you even stayed at my house at least on one occasion, if not more. Uh, More. Yes. More. So we didn't have a monk's quarters, but our homes become monk's quarters. Um, This is another great tradition of welcoming all of our Dharma companions, providing them space and nourishment. So it's great to see you. I hope you're well, Rick. Yeah, please, please uh, join us uh, on Zoom. Uh, we're uh, we're here, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's great to see you. David Ray, thank you, Hogetsu, for your talk, and good to see everyone. And so, um, so I started coming to Ancient Dragon in January, and. Maybe I went 10 times, so enough to just to start to feel familiar with the, with the space. And, and, and the, the closing ceremony was, was very moving to me and, and, and 
kind of kind of had the feeling of a of a funeral and 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 I story of, of, of other people here who have a longer history with the, with the building. What I'm, what I'm really aware of right now is um, how grateful I am for the daily practice that I've had this, this year. This has been a, uh, in addition to the collective chaos of this year, it's been a transition year for me and being, being able to, to connect, being able to have this, this Zendo, this, this online Zendo, um, has completely, uh, completely changed the quality of my life this year and nourished me um, every day. And um, yeah, yeah. I uh, so you know th- this is the year that I became Buddhist. You know, I, I had sort of flirted with the idea from from you know um, various times, and I had this thing where I went to I went to a temple in, in in Beijing and had a dream about the about about the huge golden Buddha you know, bending down and kissing me. And I thought, well, maybe I could do it. Maybe I, maybe I could be a Buddhist, but it wasn't, it was years later. Um, and it, partly thanks to Wade, you know, that, that it was this particular temple and yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, um, I'm intensely grateful for this, for this Sangha and this online send up. Thank you. Thank you, David. Yeah. Yeah. So we did this miraculous pivot just like immediately uh, when we couldn't meet together in person, we f- we gave into, we surrendered to this venue, which I think is also a wonderful sign of the flexible mind in our practice and also meeting conditions. So, you know, that what is an appropriate response. So, so this is, I'm happy that our response has, uh, that our log sort of, appeared the gate to our log appeared for you david so um so we'll continue in whatever way we can um and we will respond to the conditions way did you have something to say <laughs> yeah well kind of echoing what alex and, and david had had said um mike and i like like the two of them also came to practice at ancient dragon at the Irving Park Zendo um, two years ago, mm-hmm. this coming January next month. Um, and it's, it's difficult to, as Alex said, difficult to put into words what that's meant for us. Um, and I think kind of difficult to, to overstate how much that's changed our lives in the past two years um, for the good. Um, so yeah, grateful for the community, for the practice, for the space every day. Um, and one of the great things about trees is that often when they blow over in a storm, they just grow roots out of the bit that's touching the ground. And what had been a horizontal branch is now the new upright trunk. And they they keep along and you have a different tree. but. Um, they don't just give in to that. So maybe that's our way of being upright going forward, right? Maybe we have to fall over to be upright. Yeah, so this I is think, a constant upright and inclined. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what we're doing now, right? Zoom is a 
is it tipping over so we can find a new a new way of, of coming back upright? Yeah. And all these little shoots, all the squares are like these little seeds dispersing, roots forming. Um, that all sounds nice. Um, and we all have, you know, there was a great effort to cultivate the soil and bring together a great effort in some ways that seems effortless in some ways <laughs> while I was doing it, it seemed kind of effortless, but now I think, wow, that was kind of a crazy thing we did to just start this kind of Sangha in Chicago. You know, it was kind of like brazen, you know, to be like, ah, oh, we're not going to do, we're going to do our own way, our own San Francisco Zen style way in, in Chicago, you know, in this harsh condition, but we're, we're, we're doing it. And this is, I think, part of the strength of our practice, you know, and and, you know, it's been lovely to practice with you and Mike Wade and everyone. And we've all, you know, we're all totally functioning together. This is a wonderful thing. This is deep manifestation of the Dharma. And it doesn't look like it did, or at least in my imagination, it doesn't look like it did, you know, in ancient China or India. We have our own way. And we're all creating that. And I really appreciate everyone's um, vision in the darkness. So thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I wanted to say thank you, Hugetsu. I think that was a, a really wonderful love letter to H Dragon City, if I can use that term. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, as Wade said, you know, we've been going for two years, so we're both fairly new to the Sangha. So um, to hear the story of how it all came together and to hear everyone's stories tonight, um, I feel so moved um, by kind of everyone's um, belief and, and love and, and this seed, as you said. Um, uh, I, I had two things to say. One, it's a funny anecdote, which I guess I'll start with, which is um, uh, what I what I miss most about uh, being in the physical space um, is the temple cleaning. Um, and I <laughs> I always um, uh, like Kathy, like who um, like to stick to one area or preferred to go to the front hall. I really liked cleaning the bathroom a lot. <laughs> um, I uh, uh, when I first started doing it. Um, and, you know, I was reading through the instructions and learning that, you know, you just pour baking soda and vinegar into the toilet and scrub it. And, I, and I'd never heard of doing that before. Uh, and it just blew my mind. And I always love watching the very simple chemical reaction of the two chemicals combining in the bubbles. And um, it gave me, it was, gives me a little bit of joy. And I still clean my toilets at home and everywhere I've lived since then. <laughs> um, the, on a more serious note, I suppose, maybe, um, uh, I feel really grateful um, to be part of the Sangha. Uh, I think I can speak for it as well at a time when we've made such a pivot um, to incorporating a digital realm. And um, I think really echoing what you, what you said, Higetsu, about um, finding a way in the dark, you know, when we, when the pandemic first started and we had figure out, you know, how we were going to have services at all, you know, figuring out Zoom was the right thing for us and, 
how that all worked and how we adjusted the forms and how we adjusted the website and how we did everything. And still, I feel like we're still every day and we will for years to come uh, be rethinking and um, kind of keeping ourselves on our toes about, you know, how we practice. And I feel that's really exciting. And I think that's a really, I feel grateful to have experienced that because I think um, it really keeps me present um, in my practice. And um, I don't think Zoom's going to leave our Sangha, even if we do find a physical space. So, um, so I just wanted to say that. Thank you again. Yeah, Mike, um, I apologize for not emphasizing a little more clearly and um, strongly the importance of baking soda. No, <laughs> the, the, um, the importance of your work and Wade's work and everyone else. I don't know who else is up to it, but, you know, Mike is, is tending our website and Wade really helped uh, – create the the zoom situation for us and maintaining it and elaborating it. And so, you know, it might seem kind of, um, I don't know, nostalgic maybe, or kind of cool and interesting uh, to uh, clean a toilet or a vestibule, but to maintain a website is another realm of practice. I don't see it maybe in um, the Ehe Shingi Dogen's uh, you know, work, but maybe there will be like another Shingi with Webmaster and um, Zoom Master or Zoom Tenders. Maybe we won't call them Masters anymore. Maybe we'll call them Tenders. Um, not to disappoint those of you who like Master, but um, <laughs> there is an important uh, understanding of of Sangha, of being able to pitch in together and care for things, but care for things in this way of feeling in the dark. So, so when we were organizing the temple, I worked with the first work leader to like develop those little signs for the bathroom <laughs> that say put the recycling here or real trash that's going in the trash here for thinking about the materials that we cook with and the materials that we utilize uh, to clean, to think of the earth. And so how we're doing that, and I'd be curious, uh, you know, maybe you could give Dharma talks on this about how that's done in this virtual world where the, you know, materials for our equipment come from slave labor in poor countries. Um, so, or the beauty of the design. There's so much to both be horrified by and appreciate. And so, you know, there's, there's a depth to what you're bringing forth, Mike, on, on many different levels. So I'm so happy you discovered our cleaning products and enjoy them. <laughs> you know, walking lightly on the earth is a Zen practice or walking with our planet and with the karma we have in terms of our destructive capabilities and the destruction we need for, sur- apparently, for survival. Um, that's part of what we practice with bodhisattvas together. Together. So this whole situation of Zen in America, to begin with, is a huge experiment. And now bringing it to Chicago... And now in the realm of 
pandemic and Zoom and all, you know, so this is this huge adventure that we're on. How do we be upright and express Buddha in the middle of this huge experiment that we're living? So let's continue. Um, and thank you very much, Shogetsu, for a wonderful talk. And so we've had good discussion uh, to make up for the last discussion after the ceremony yesterday. And um, maybe we'll have, um, we can have our closing Bodhisattva vows. So thank you all very much. Thank you, Hogetsu. Wade, if you would give us the closing for Bodhisattva vows. I think we can forego the words on the screen. Yeah. So, Wade, if you would lead. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them, Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it, beings are numberless. I vow to free them, delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them, Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them, Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to realize it.